Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 242, recorded on November 23rd, 2022, where John and Jason talk about the November 2022 Power BI updates, which include the new Power BI accent color, create dynamic slicers using field parameters, a new way to upload Power BI and Excel files, and formatted tables authoring experience updates. Hello, Jason. How are you now? <sighs> pretty fair. Pretty fair. How about you, John? I'm pretty good. No major complaints. I'm yeah. a little cooler than I was the last time we spoke, but apart from that, everything's oh, And that specifically refers to temperature. That's uh, correct. Not yeah, demeanor, because you're cool yeah. as a cucumber all the time. Uh, I'm not sure that that word has ever been used to describe myself, but uh, we'll see. So, uh, dear listener, it is the week of American Thanksgiving here mm. uh, as we're recording this, and that means World Cup. And just to give you time stamp on when we're recording this, Germany just lost to Japan. So, mm -hmm. spoiler alert, I'm going to be giving football updates. And if you're listening to this a week from now, and or two weeks <laughs> from now, or even a year from sense. now, it's like, and this was a shock to you because this was a upset. Uh, spoiler alert, Saudi Arabia yesterday beat Argentina as well. If you now need to stop listening to the podcast because I have spoiled the World Cup for you, I sincerely apologize. But I, I don't think that's a time, time machine. So, yeah. so much but, for the whole evergreen thing right out the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why I mentioned the date is because tomorrow being American Thanksgiving, we wanted to go ahead and get this recorded because, John, you and I fly out tomorrow. We're heading yep. to Lisbon, where yep. we're going to participate in Collab Days Lisbon, which is a fantastic event over in Portugal. I am deeply honored I get to keynote this event. I know. I'm looking forward to what it. What were they thinking? I have no idea. <laughs> Rodrigo and, and, and Tiago, thank you for asking me, but I have no idea. Like, we have no idea what you're in for. Uh, <laughs> crazy Yank, probably talking about soccer for most of the time. Yep. That's okay. And I'll call it find soccer over there. Yeah. Because yeah, um, yeah, that'll, be, that'll, that'll go over be well. More fun. Yeah. Um, that'll go yeah. well. Yeah. But we also, after that, fly out to Copenhagen on Monday to go yep. take part in, uh, you know, this event has a newer name. It's, why not? You know, why not change the name of all of these events? I recently saw that the new M365 event in uh, that's going on over in Minneapolis that used to be SharePoint Saturday. Yes. Um, they've changed the name. The URL for it is still the same. Uh, it's still SharePoint Europe. But the name of the conference, which used to be ESPC, yeah, it's and the very hashtag long is still ESPC, yeah. is European SharePoint Office 365 and Azure Conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad they have a separate Power Platform one because that name would get very, very long. <laughs> yeah, European Power Platform Conference uh, is in Dublin in June of 2023. That's, that's different. That'll be Ooh. fun. Ooh, yeah. We've already signed on in May to be at ECS over yeah. in Dusseldorf. So we're, yeah. we're doing that because they had reached out and asked us to do that. So very excited that we should be on their site at this point. But, John, the more important thing is, is that you and I have a lot going on over the course of the next week, because after that, we go to another conference and everything. But we're going to be in Copenhagen for a week. And we wanted to make sure that we got this in the can. Yep. One of the huge benefits 
for you of me joining Microsoft was I now get access to information a little bit early. So the Power BI November 2022 feature summary, we're recording this ahead of it coming out. So uh, dear listener, just understand that there may be slight changes in language that happen. I'm not expecting that because this the post is locked at this point. But if for some reason somebody comes along between now and the time that this thing gets posted officially, there may be a slight verbiage change between what we tell you and what you may find or an order of something may change. So caveat that we're recording a little bit early as a part of the MVP program. We've always had access to these things, but we didn't have access to the official official. So we're putting this out there and hopefully everything goes exactly to plan. This thing goes out while we're in Copenhagen. But there's a bunch of announcements here that we wanted to make sure we got off. Yeah. And we're going to try and record while we're in Copenhagen. But that's another episode. We wanted to get this together for you. For And, and so there's a gap week between recordings. But John, let's go ahead and dive right into it. By the way, Canada doing okay today? I just want to make sure all my Canadian... Canada is all right up there. I know y'all have a World Cup game here in just a little bit. How's the tone and tenor of the country? Everybody excited to go try and beat up on Belgium? I think we approach this the way we approach most things with a collective. You're, you're just sorry. Yeah. We'll be sorry. for everything. We'll, we'll, we'll feel bad for them if we win. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> of course you will. All right, my friend. So let's dive right into it after this word from our sponsors. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. All right. Well, um, it's a bit of an obvious change this month. If you fire up the new desktop, it really um, is. You'll notice it's right, it right off the bat. Face. You might think there's something wrong with your monitor because that big yellow window doesn't come up anymore. Now it's a great big dark teal window. Yeah. <laughs> well, this should not be a surprise to anyone who's a regular listener of the podcast because yeah. we did have uh, Muhammad Ali on not too long ago to talk specifically about this you know, and many other things, but he went into extreme detail on why this change was made, what the change is all about, and the fact that uh, the color of Power BI is not changing. So for those of you, and this was something that I fought hard for you, dear listener, on was there are people out there with Power BI tattoos that I did not want to have to get them, see them have to get re-inked, <laughs> right? So that was a topic of conversation was what about all of those people? Which logo got, do those, those tattoos have? That's the not first my problem, one, John. Yeah, yeah. I at least didn't want them to have to get it re-inked from a color perspective because that's the fill, right? That's the part that being needle-phobic well, really bothers me. Well, here's so. the good news. Over time, they're all just going to turn to teal anyway. <laughs> oh, the sweet kiss of, de of death on the skin of, uh, of browning of yeah no no that's terrible john that's terrible it's true yeah man anyway so the new announcement around the the uh power bi accent color so it is important to understand this is an accent color it is in the tooling both in desktop and in service so you'll notice it in both places this is for accessibility reasons it gives us that three to one color ratio that mo talked about please go back and listen to that episode because he really goes into great detail on why the choice was made and all of that 
That was episode 240. John, we've been doing this for a long time. Yep. But uh, again, the brand color of Power BI will remain yellow, uh, which is a comment that John made this morning as we were looking at the blog. It's like, oh, the blog's still yellow. It's like, yeah, our color's not changing as far yeah. as that's concerned, nor is the logo changing. It is staying yellow. Yeah, with that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, elephant in the room, gone. And let's talk more about what's happening in the reporting I, I just think it's funny that it, the Power BI uh, accent color went from teal to yellow to teal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John. Different, it, was, it was a different teal. I know. It was. Uh, and know. to your point earlier today, it was a less accessible teal. Like, it was pretty bad teal. Less than yellow. So, there you yeah. go. It's, it's, it's slow improvements. But there we go. But yeah, so in, in the reporting section, we've got a big change. I think it's a relatively big change if you use small multiples. Yes. Uh, those who have the case for it, that's uh, small multiples are a feature we've had for a little while. That's the ability to take a visual and instead of trying to you know load it up with legends, et cetera, you can actually break it up into multiple visuals. You'd get one visual for each dimension that you're using in the visual and then with, with whatever measures on that visual that you want. And that up until now, that axis on each one of those little visuals, those little sub-visuals, if you will, would be the same. It would have exactly the same range from whatever to whatever. It's, it's just the common, uh, as if it was the, the main visual. Now, you can actually set what those uh, axis ranges are for each individual dimension, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I like this. Personally, I've never been a heavy user of this, but you know, I do have customers no. who use it, and this is definitely one of those fit and finish things that is it's uh, much needed. It's a specific use case. You have to have the right number of dimensions for this to make sense. If you've got like 200 dimensions you want to show, it does not make sense to have a visual with 200 small multiple charts. But if there's eight, four, you know, it's something in that range, it can make a lot of sense. Yeah. So the next one here, John, is controlling and customizing labels on Azure Maps. So we're, we've seen a bunch of Azure Map improvements yep. over the course of the past couple of months, over the past year, as I'm we're still, moving to a unified map, a single map solution. I'm, uh, I'm still waiting for one. It's not here, but anyway. <laughs> I know it's not, John. Publish uh, to web. You need it. You need uh, it. Yeah. I, it has to yeah. Be, you have to be able to, to do that. Ideas.powerbi.com, John. I think yeah, that's... I know, uh, I know, I know. Yep. Controlling uh, you know, uh, data labels in the base map, you now have the ability to turn off and on the labels as well yep. as, you know, you've had the ability to change the style, but now I have this ability as well as to do some styling and customizing of those category labels uh, from a font perspective, from a color perspective, things of that nature makes it a lot nicer. And you can just turn it off and on as well here. Also. Yeah, basically, if you don't like the way the place names are shown, you can turn them off or you can change the size and change the font and all of the, that's, that sort of thing. So that's, yeah. it's uh, fairly straightforward. It's good fit and finish. Yeah. So the next one's a preview feature, John, again, and this is one of those things you will have to go to file options and settings options and turn on the preview feature, restart Power BI desktop in order to get, so you'll get a second shot at seeing that beautiful teal new bannering, right, on the splash screen. But in order to get this feature, you have to go do that. This one is creating dynamic slicers using field parameters. Yeah. And then hang on for a second while we try to explain this. It's a bit of a complicated <laughs> concept, but it, it's not too bad. If you've got a visual and you've got uh, you know, a y-axis with a measure and you've got an x-axis, let's just stick to the x-axis because you can also do this with measures, but let's stick to the to stick to dimensions. You got an x-axis with, uh, with maybe dimensions and 
you want to analyze that measure by various dimensions. So, I, you know, one way to do that would be, of course, to put multiple visuals on the page. But if you wanted to repurpose an existing visual and just basically select what dimension you're analyzing by, you could use these field parameters for that. And that basically says, instead of stating the dimension, you're going to drive that dimension from somewhere else. And that's the field parameter. So what you would do is it would be to set up a slicer that you could select with the name of the dimension. And then I would use that dimension in the chart, right? Great. That makes a ton of sense. But so when you did that, that would work. The problem with it is up until this point, if you had another slicer on the page, that would not affect your dynamic slice, the visuals that you're using your dynamic slicers. And now that I've described the problem, I think I can, it's pretty easy to describe what this is. Now they do. <laughs> now they can. <laughs> so now you can have, they're all slicers, right? The blog post refers to these as like a measure picker or a dimension picker. But really, it's it's a slicer that's driving this, this field parameter on a visual. And now this other slicer can drive the, the values. Basically, the value in the call it dimension picker can be driven by this other slicer that is controlling the values. Besides, Sorry. The available uh, values for that for the slicer uh, will be reflected by that dimension picker. So the dimension picker is actually slicing the slicer for the visual. Did I manage to trip everything up nicely? <laughs> I think you did. I think you got there in the end, John. Yes, I did. So I think we can tap that one in <laughs> right along. If, if anyone's I... still with us on that, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I need to confuse the, the matter anymore. I think you did a good job of uh, getting there in the end. So hopefully... If you're at a point where you're using these features, that'll make a lot more sense to you than if you're not. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. All right, so let's move right along. Another preview feature this month, and, and it's because the, the feature overall is not new. This is no. an addition to this feature. Uh, so if you're using the feature, then you'll get this additional piece. If you're not, then obviously it, it's no big deal. But composite bottles over Power BI data sets and analysis services. So wait, wait, um, wait. We're back to that name. But not. We're not quite back to that name. It was direct query for Power BI data sets and analysis service, or was it direct connect? I can't remember, but now it's composite uh, models over. So yeah. we're still, we're still muddling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're still arguing over, over, over naming, but that's okay. We'll just stick with it it's, for now. This is the ability to not only have a local model in your report, but also connect it to models, remote models that are in the Power BI service. Yes. And this one, we're making it possible for a single table to simultaneously filter out more than one table in a remote source group. So this was not possible before. Yep. It is now. John, your point earlier was, oh, I thought you could do this. Nope. Yeah, I was surprised it wasn't uh, a problem, but I guess it isn't now. So I'm, I'm yeah, it's fine. It's in preview. Yes. <laughs> so I, the whole feature is still in preview, uh, as it will be That's for true. a little while longer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd have to go back to the wave release plan, but I know that it's going to be in preview for a little while longer. Okay. Um, but we've come to the modeling section, John, yeah. and we get the ability to streamline your report authoring experience with the optimized ribbon. And this is one not only am I excited for it, but I have customers who are really excited about this one. We're adding something into the ribbon in Power BI Desktop, and it's called Optimize, and it's in the ribbon. You don't have to go do anything to turn this on. It's going to be there for you automatically. And this this is huge. Yeah, and one of the things is the performance analyzer stuff is moving to that area of, of the ribbon, which makes a ton of sense. And that's that's one of the big parts of this feature. 
we just had, was it last month before when we, we had the ability to control when the visuals get refreshed? Nope, that's a it part was, of this, John. That's a part of this. Okay, it wasn't, wasn't 100%. You, yeah, it was in the preview This uh, that you saw as an MVP. Right. Because uh, I have to be honest, I was working with just this week, and he pinged me. It was 7 o'clock at night. I'm in the middle of cooking dinner, and he's like, this is horribly slow. He was running into a problem. It's like, why don't you just use the pause feature? He goes, what are you talking about? It got announced at Build, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. That's why um, yeah, it seems, and the, seems the, so this familiar. Coming, That's what this, it was. this is yeah. not something that, that we haven't talked about. There's documentation about it out there, but we hadn't actually released the feature. Yeah. So you've seen it for a little bit because this came out as a part of the preview that the early builds get that you as MVP yep. get, right? So the pause visual refresh visuals function here in the optimized ribbon is absolutely massive. So for those folks that are using direct query, yeah. absolutely huge, yeah. right? And that's just the ability to be able to make changes to the visual and not have them update until you tell them to, as opposed to every time you make a change, it reruns you know, every, all the queries it needs. Yeah, so this is something that you know I'm going to give credit to Paginator Reports for. Yeah, um, it's done that for a while because I've had it to. This way, you know? So the Paginator Report visual had this ability to, yeah. and it was a setting that you went and set on the visual. Do you want it to refresh every time? Because you know, Power BI by default, anytime you load and you go and use a slicer or filter, whatever, it's going to reload the visuals from the cache. But with Paginated Reports, you don't have a cache. So it was going back to the source. Right. And so what happened was there was this apply changes button that you could have show up if you toggled it, if you toggled this feature, in the Paginated Reports visual. I love this feature. And that's exactly what this is doing now, yep. right? Is you have the ability, uh, visual by visual, to go in and say, refresh this visual, refresh this visual, or you can just go and refresh all of the visuals now using this in the ribbon. This is really, really good. And it's going to help a lot of people who are trying to author reports. Unfortunately, this customer had a lot of queries going on and not by choice. It was he didn't that just the way it worked with this direct query uh, report that he was authoring. So this is going to help him <laughs> quite a bit. He's very excited to get this update. That's cool. It you know that just going through that it begs a question that I'm, I doubt you know the answer. I don't know if anybody knows the answer to. Given that we have this capability now across all of the visuals on the canvas, we had the ability in the paginated report visual before. Does the paginated report visual still need to have that ability separately from this, or and will it go away? Would be the ultimately the question. Uh, no, it's not going to go away. There's no intention to make that change because this is uh, that's something so, that you give the ability to the end user, John. Yeah, but this will is this an feature, one. Will I think the answer to this is yes, but will this feature override the setting of that feature? No. Um, so I see John, this again, gate. this is an authoring experience. Yes. The other one is a that's, user experience. That's true. That's true. So that's why the two, you know, so I do know the yeah. answer to that one for you. Ha ha, that's look at me. Wow. I actually know something. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, on the day before a holiday weekend, and, and no less, I actually know something. That's impressive. But there are a couple other things that are worthy of note. So, John, you mentioned that Performance Analyzer moves yep. from its previous home. I believe uh, it was... External tools, I think. Or was it? No, it wasn't it might have been external helped. tools. It, you? Yeah. Not, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't even I don't even remember where it lived before because it just makes so much sense for it to live here under Optimize, right? Yeah. But yep. the other one that we get is this optimization presets, John. And yeah. there's, there are three. There's query reduction, interactivity, 
which is the one that sets you by default, and customize. So with customize, it takes you to the section very quickly inside of options and settings. That's really what it's giving, doing, giving you the ability to toggle those options as opposed to a single button click. So there will be more that will come into optimize over time, I believe, as we do more to give you optimization. But this is really huge. I'm a huge, huge fan of the fact that we've done this. There was a bunch of discussion around the naming of it. And that was a, that was really a lot of fun to be a part of. But this is a great feature that I'm very excited to see actually get out into the world. Cool. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. So the next section here is, uh, you know, there's some new DAX functions. And we're going to cover this really lightly because, again, we're looking at the preview blog and we don't have access to the underlying documentation because those posts are not live yet. But I've talked with the feature PMs about this a little bit. And the two that are here, there's a new DAX function for evaluate and log. And what that is, is that gives you the ability to, you know, what we had before was the evaluate piece, but we didn't have the out to log basically, right? And we weren't able to go in and look at it quite as easily. Now we can actually attach SQL filer. When you throw uh, the DAX function evaluate and log, you can now open SQL profiler and go back through and look. You can also use an alternate uh, tool, an open source tool called DAX Debug Output Tool that we link to here in the blog post. That's not an official Microsoft tool, but it's an open source tool that you you can use. So just something you can take a look at to really go and start doing better evaluation of what's going on with your Power BI reporting. Yeah, and the way you use it is you basically just wrapper whatever DAX you're writing with this evaluate and log, and it outputs into the trace log. So there's a couple of things about that. So first of all, it gives you the intermediate results as it goes through. So that's why it's a a good debugging tool. You are going to have to connect it with with some external tool. You're going to connect to the desktop instance. That's basically the effectively like you're connecting to analysis services from from one of these tools. And you're going to run a trace, and you can look at it. So this is purely for debugging. And I think, I suspect that it's going to be less efficient than if you don't use this function. So I think the recommendation, I'm, you know, I'm not a DAX expert by any slice of the imagination, but I suspect that you're not going to want to use this in production. You're only going to want to use this while you're developing. You don't want to obviously output any more than you have to. That said, I, I'm open to being correct on that. I don't know if you know any more about it than I do, but I suspect that this is just, you know, while you're trying to figure something out, then you just take that function away. Yeah, that's the... Uh... That's my understanding of it as well. And then the the second uh, set of DAX functions here are two CSV and two JSON, which my understanding are, yeah. that, you know, so it calls out that they're closely related to evaluate and log. Yeah. They could potentially be used for other things. I think it's and, it's just the format you get the result output in, and, but you can also call this directly, just specifically, so it doesn't show you all that intermediate stuff. It shows you the the data itself. Correct. And, you know, I had a chat with some colleagues internally about this and somebody had called out a blog post. I'll see if I can find it in uh, one of the many chats that I've had. But specifically, this was one that had been in the community and talked about because I believe it was 
was put out there and we didn't set a hidden flag on them because we had them for internal purposes from an engineering perspective and decided, you know what, let's just go ahead and make that a, a public thing. Makes sense. Uh, I think that's how this one came about because I was, I was having a chat with some, with some of my colleagues about it because I thought it was an interesting one and I, yeah. I decided to ask. But uh, yeah, so kind of a cool thing. The next one is uh, data connectivity and preparation. We have a Databricks and an Azure Databricks connector that are now gracefully canceling queries, consecutive queries are sent. Improvements. Uh, there's, yeah. yeah, there's an update to Dremio Cloud connector. I don't even know how we say this one, Cognitwin. Cognitwin, uh, yeah, that's what it seems like to me, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, John, there's two more <laughs> that are being called out. Spigot, Project Place, Plan View, Enterprise One, PRM, Plan View, Enterprise One, CTM. I don't know Plan View, but yeah, you know, there are updates for all I of these. I think it's a renaming. Yeah. <laughs> this looks like a rename. So that one's a little bit confusing to me. And then SumTotal has a connector with the following, with a couple of updates. But bigger news, John, we have a, an update in the service here. And this one, you get to see Amanda's picture there with yep. the Report Bear. So you know who this is is being driven by, which is kind yep. of a cool thing. But there's a new way to upload Power BI and Excel files into the Power BI service. So I've been waiting for this for a while. Have you now? Yeah, kind of. I mean, this is going to ultimately replace that old get data button in the bottom <clears> left of the screen. And it needs to be killed with fire. If you <laughs> <laughs> That intermediate screen when you have the four different options, all of which just say, go download Power BI desktop. You know, that's uh -huh. the... <laughs> So, but that's the way you've been able to upload files into the service from SharePoint or connect to files in the service from SharePoint or from a local file. So now it's going to look a lot more like you're uploading it into something like Teams or SharePoint, OneDrive, et cetera. It's going to have that same URL. You got an upload button in the ribbon. You're going to select your file and up it's going to go. What's interesting is when you pull, uh, select with, with this uh, initial instance of it, is when you select an Excel file, you're not going to get that import data from experience that you do with the old get data experience. You'll have to, it's still going to be there for a while, and that's how you'll have to do that. It's going to connect to the Excel file, and I drone on and on and on about this stuff. When you select an Excel file on Power BI Desktop, you got two options. You can read data from the worksheets that are in that Excel file, that's one thing, and load that into a brand new data set, or you can connect to that Excel file in place, just like you would do in SharePoint. You can you, uh, you get the Excel online interface, and you can interact with it, which also allows you, if it's got an embedded data set without using Power Pivot, it allows you to uh, keep that refreshed. So that is the experience. That second experience is how this is going to work initially, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, John, this one's kind of cool. The other thing to note here, today, you can use OneDrive for personal. That That's right. Is going away. Yes. In early December, we're going to remove both the older Get Data experience and the option to upload files from personal OneDrive accounts. Why? Why does this matter? Because it's a business function, John. First yep. word, business. Business intelligence, right? Yes. So Power BI is all about business intelligence. Probably a better thing to go ahead and use a business account. And I've been touting that for many years at this point and talking about it, but uh, definitely something uh, One, worthy of note. If you're still using personal OneDrive, trying to upload files, you're going to want to move those to your OneDrive for business or SharePoint yep. document library. 
and go that route. One other thing to point out as well, today you have to you basically punch in the URL to the SharePoint site if you want to load from a SharePoint site. Now you're going to be able to navigate to it with this. Oh, so much nicer. Oh, so yeah. much nicer. Yep. So John, I haven't seen here if we're going to give the option, I haven't gone in to take a look under the hood of the more places option to see if you're going to be able to gr to pick a different location or if it's only letting you pick locations that you have access to currently. I have to imagine that that's the way that we're dealing with yeah, it. I would think so. Would is think. that you'll be able to punch in the URL because sometimes, you know, yep. I'm trying to get things from a different M365 tenant, right? Different yep. SharePoint uh, location than the one that is a part of my organization. You know, I do that from our bifocal tenant periodically when I'm playing with demo data. So I have to imagine that that's the way that it, that works. But again, haven't played with that particular function since it got updated. Yep. The next one here is subscribe to a report with filters applied, John. And you know, when I first looked at this, I was like, I can do that with paginated reports. Ha ha. This is not yes. paginated reports. That's right. Yeah. This is a this is a regular PBIX style uh, report subscriptions. And you can't couldn't do that previously. Now you can. You can basically uh, include what filters you have. So when you subscribe, it'll be sensitive to the filters you have applied, and you can say apply those filters when you send me that report. Include by changes is the name of the option. So that's welcome. So the really funny thing to share, this is a John and Jason inside the podcast. But, you know, when we eventually ha have our behind the music style thing, John, I'm going to share this with the folks now. As we're scrolling, we're looking at this blog post. The next thing down, as you come down from the header, you see something here that says team scorecard. And John and I both went, ooh, what's that new feature called team scorecard? No, no, this is just an image. If you look at the image above it, they call out the name of the email, like the subject of the email here is team scorecard in the image above. And what they're showing you is what does it look like when the email comes to you? And it's a nice uh, like H2, if you know about uh, HTML, <laughs> an H2 style heading that made me think that this was something new that was going to be here under the uh, subscribe to a report that we were going to see new team scorecard. No, no, no. And John did exactly the same thing. We're like, oh, what is that? That sounds kind of cool. This is just showing you what the email looks like. The body of the email uh, is just kind of amusing. Exactly, exactly. Uh, All right. So the next one here, because uh, we're wrapping towards the end, yep. uh, is the link. This new thing called links over in the Power BI metrics. Yep. Which uh, it's another one of those things. Oh, you couldn't do that before. Again, I'm not a, a big user of, of the product called Power BI metrics. Um, feature, but it's feature. the ability to have. Yeah, yeah. The feature. Sorry. So it's the ability to have a metric that's basically contained on, on multiple scorecards. So you can repurpose metrics, which to my mind is is absolutely vital. So yeah. good, we can do it now. <laughs> yeah, this is really nice because we can go and select metrics from other scorecards that we want to include in yeah. the scorecard that we're working on. You basically go over to that scorecard and say, hey, I want to connect this metric up to this one. And you just get to go click it, pick it, and then it'll show up. It's like you don't have to go rewrite stuff, which you've had to do up until now. That's it. That's exactly right. So we get some information protection updates. Uh, and again, this was one that, John, you made the comments like, oh, I thought this was there yeah. already. Power BI is now allowing you to import files from OneDrive and SharePoint into the Power BI service to ensure that Power BI desktop stays in sync with the Power BI service. And you can import them from OneDrive and SharePoint using the sensitivity label. So it's actually respecting those sensitivity labels. Yep. 
that are there. So, you know, that's been a big deal. It's been a, a big ask for a long time as we've been pushing purview, uh, Microsoft purview, and as we've been pushing information protection because sensitivity matters, right? Like uh, security matters. These are big, big things. And now we have the ability to truly respect that across the board. So, yep. Exactly. Pagineer Reports gets another lift. The form, basically formatted tables is what get, uh, gets a lift. Little improvements all uh, every month, it seems. We've got a new authoring experience. Basically, we have a set of buttons in a uh, toolbar along the top of the formatted table authoring experience. So it's a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Eventually, we're going to have an entire report building experience, I would think. But uh, That's exactly where we're heading, John. Yeah. This was a big discussion, a big debate of how should this be? Where should this be coming in? You know, really a lot of thoughts going into this new paginated report building in the web as opposed to, well, let's just lift and shift the old way. No, no, no. Let's deliberately think about how we want this to be. Um, well, and so that team is... Huh? And do it one piece at a time. Yeah. But, you know, otherwise, you're going to wait nine months before you see any type of drop. Right. Personally, I'm a big fan of the fact, the way that we're doing it right now, because I'm getting incremental improvements. And now, with Paginator Reports being a part of Pro, being able to start here, start yes. the building, doing even more. It. It's no longer just, oh, I've just got a table. Now I could do some formatting. I could do this. I'm getting be a better experience. It feels like almost every month. Yep. Yep. From this paginated report building function in the web. And the, we get move and resize. Uh, right click the mouse uh, allows you to cut, copy, paste, and remove objects on the canvas. But now you can resize the width of the columns with the drag handle. Again, yep. these are things that you would just expect to be there, but they take time to build. And they're building this for us. And I'm a huge fan. There's also a panel on paginated reports that you can build. You can go click on this link and go and basically apply to give feedback in, as a part of user research from Microsoft user research and join. That's give that's us feedback. Tell great. us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Building it in the open. That's, uh, that's what I love to see. I love to see it. And so, uh, like you say, we can start leveraging the investments as we go. We don't have to wait till it's all done. So that, this is absolutely the right way to go. I agree. So the next section here is the visualization section, which we are going to completely skip over because we're yep. already long today. You know, go take a look at these third-party visuals. The last one here is a Power BI desktop infrastructure update for WebView 2. We're moving closer to GA with this, and we're trying to solve as many problems as possible. It is taking some time. Well, we acknowledge that some folks have had some issues, but please make sure that you've installed and enabled WebView 2. There's documentation on it here, but you know we're working to make it the best we can. It, this is an important part of that future. So thank you for bearing with us is basically what this is saying and keep, keep at it. It's an infrastructure change, so it's not terribly surprised that it can be a little disruptive, but it'll be worth it in the end. All right, John, that brings us to the end. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in Lisbon and then Copenhagen, my friend. You got um, it. We'll get this podcast out as, uh, shortly after the drop of, uh, of the blog post. Yep. So again, if you listen to this whole thing and go, oh, that verbiage is different, that's why we recorded this off the preview, and hopefully that works well for y'all and that this explanation has been useful. All right. Buddy, I will talk to you later. You know it, sir. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. 
The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 